and welcome to the Cardboard Swords cast. I'm happy to be here. I'm your host, Vincent. I'm joined by co-host Ludwin, and we are going to talk about Master Duel, the infamous, popular, famous, trending Yu-Gi-Oh! game that has recently come out. And uh, Ludwin, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a bit about uh, like like <laughs> what you've been doing with Master Duel and why people should hear from you, because uh, as far as I know, you're the, like, the, the best Yu-Gi-Oh! player I know. To be honest, among my group of friends, I'm like not the best, but <laughs> Shh, don't tell but people I'm... that. Don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm like what? Because I'm like because I play with a lot of other high level players. I don't think myself as the best, but uh, when I'm more comfortable with the uh, with the deck I play, I'm just you know I'm good. <laughs> but I've been addicted to Master Duel, where I'm already uh, I'm already platinum rank. I got it within the first two three days, if I remember correctly. And yeah. the first day, the first day I couldn't play much due to work. Yeah, I was gonna say too, like, because if you just said your platinum rank, it's like, okay, well, it's been like, like what, like a week since it's released, but you were platinum like two days or so after the game released. Yeah, because I made my. The thing is, I the game was the game didn't have a release date. It was just dropped, so everyone went crazy about it. Yeah, and so for those listening, we're going to sort of discuss some of our initial feelings, and then we're going to jump into. The main topic, which is helping you out if you're new to Master Duel, or maybe you're struggling, or maybe you need some help in terms of choosing which archetype to play, or like which types of packs to buy, or like how to, you know, make new cards without spending money and things like that. Like that's what this podcast is about. Uh, as far as initial thoughts, uh, obviously uh, Ludwin enjoys the game, or he wouldn't be at Platinum. Uh, <laughs> I've put in probably uh, 11 hours uh, into it. And uh, I'm currently silver rank. Uh, I haven't dueled as much as I probably should. I, I'm someone who loves spending time in menus when it comes to like card games. So I, <laughs> so a lot of those hours, you know, I could have been dueling. I'm like looking at card packs, and I really struggled like choosing which archetypes I wanted to play and stuff because each of them kind of seemed to have their pros and cons. Uh, the first archetype, uh, well, okay, so first of all, I just tried playing the Blue Eyes White Dragon deck, and I was like, I want to play this, and I was just getting stomped. Anyone that wasn't playing the, st the starter decks would just stomp me. I was like, okay, this is not going to work out. So I was like, I have to get an archetype, but none of the archetypes were really appealing to me out of everything I had unlocked, but I ended up settling on uh, Tri-Brigade uh, Dogmatica, so I just kind of comboed those together, and I've heard... I'm not, like, in the competitive scene like Ludwin is, but I've heard those names mentioned a lot, and it seems like those are pretty solid archetypes. So, like, I'll build this deck. And uh, it's kind of complicated jumping into it as a casual player, playing that archetype. But it definitely fared a lot better for me, and I was doing really, really well with it. And then last night, I decided to jump into another archetype and give that one a try, which is Trap Tricks, which is uh, just funny to me because it just involves playing tons of trap hole-type cards. And just anytime your opponent tries to play something, you just trap hole it. And it's hilarious to me. So I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm just loving seeing a lot of these decks. But it's also a little weird due to the ban list not being uh, on a, the TCG ban list or OCG ban list. So it's like a wild west of card games. Which I feel it's nice for a, the new crowd coming into the game anyway. It puts everybody on a more level playing field because no one has the meta figured out. Yeah, and I have no idea what's supposed to be banned. I'm not even sure, like, with those archetypes, which cards are, are the playable ones and which ones aren't. I'm sort of figuring that out because 
in, in either archetype that I'm playing, I just kind of throw in every card that seems playable within that archetype. And then as I'm playing duels, I'm like, okay, these cards end up being dead cards a lot of the time, or like just don't seem as good. So like I start cycling those out and putting more consistent cards in the deck. No, I understand. And then the thing is, since like since you're more of a casual and I'm more competitive, I can bet you when we look at the same card, we'll have different opinions on something, which has been happening a lot with me and some of the some of my old friends who are coming back into Yu-Gi-Oh. They don't understand. Oh yeah, this card used to be good. Oh, why why are you telling me not to play this card over that? You know, and I'm not trying to force them not to play a certain card, but it gets difficult where it's like. Yeah, you know, Swords Revealing Light isn't a good card anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because I mean, back in the day, it was a solid card. So like, you would you wouldn't really like question someone wanting to play it back then. But just the way things currently are, it's kind of different. And then the thing is, right now with Master Duel, it's uh, right now because everybody's jumping in now, and a lot of old people are coming back to it now everybody's almost on a level playing field with knowledge. Yes, I'm a TCG meta player, but my knowledge still, even with my knowledge, I might have to edit my deck because of, uh, hey, look, we're only doing games of one instead of a match duel. So now I have to build my deck to win in just a game instead of going, I lost this game, I'll win in game two, game three by siding cards in and out and all that stuff. Yeah, and something random that I was just thinking of, too, is I noticed the Tri-Brigade deck that I have, uh, it kind of makes me feel guilty because it takes a lot of time to, like, use those cards because there's a lot of, like, whenever this card goes from your deck to the graveyard, activate this card, which goes to the deck to the graveyard, which activates this card, which goes to the deck to your hand, which then you can discard to then special summon this guy, which then activates this guy to do this. Then you can link summon these monsters to then put those up and then banish those monsters from your graveyard to then link summon this guy. Then you can link those two guys to do... So, I don't recommend tri-brigades for anyone new, personally, because <laughs> it's like, what, what it's am I even doing? <laughs> the hard thing is, if somebody wants to play a good deck, doesn't have to be meta, but a good deck that's recent, a lot of them are very combo-heavy. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh's kind of lean more into a combo style or a control style. Uh, and it does depend on what you're playing, because... A combo deck will take a long time, while a control deck might be a little slow, but it'll, it's meant to be like, my opponent's a combo player. I'm just going to say no to everything he does and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and that's more of how the Trap Tricks deck plays. Yeah, but the thing is, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! now is knowing what your opponent's playing. If you don't know what they're playing, you don't know what to stop, and that you know that's kind of falls under meta. So that's where I have advantage over a lot of other people because, hey, I've seen this deck. I know what it's supposed to do. Okay, I know what to stop and all that. While for you, Vincent, hey, what are they playing? What did that card do, you know? Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I have a weird mix that even though I'm a very casual player when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh!, I'm someone who has played card games competitively a lot. I've done a lot of tournaments, and I know the nuances of card games a lot. So I can play card games at like a higher level especially compared to casual players but at the same time like you just said if i don't know the decks like there's moments where i might have like a solemn judgment or like the uh the ash and spring blossom or whatever the the, the hand trap is like i might have these things right. yeah and it's like okay well i can stop the activation of this 
but I don't know if it's correct to do that now or to wait for the next thing or like what this combos into. And so it could be a huge misplay to, to activate too early or too late. And I don't really know without playing against those decks over and over again. Yeah, and then the thing is, right now, there is a lot of issues with Master Duel for from a competitive player's point of view. And then I know casuals are loving it like crazy, but there's nothing from a competitive point of view that tells me this is horrible, I'm not going to use it. But there are things where it's like, I wish I had this because it makes the game better or gives me more options and some of this stuff can help out uh, casual players. For example, Test Hands. Right now, they only, in a, what, when people do test hands with their decks, they want to know what they can play. Right now, in a dueling, uh, Master Duel, if you want to do a test hand, it only shows you the five cards you would draw, and that's it. You can't do anything. I wish it would give you a dual mode where you can just, all right, let me make my plays. Oh, I, this is what I end on. Oh, I messed up. Let me rewind and start over to see what my best combo can be. It could help somebody learning a new deck as well, like you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and one thing that someone could do if they're intimidated by bringing a new deck, especially one that seems way more complicated, into into like a ranked mode, you can bring it into solo, and then there's an option to change out the deck that they give you, which is the loner deck. You can actually click on it and swap it out with a deck that you've made and test it out against an AI opponent, which can help. Yeah, it can. That's what I was doing for a little while because I wasn't dueling with my virtual worlds uh, for a while until I got it completely built. So I was just taking the starter deck and just bump buffing it up with uh, cards I pulled from the shop. Yeah, but, speaking yeah, but... of pulling cards from the shop, uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening might be confused about, you know, which cards they should get. You know, should they get the master pack? Should they get the uh, season pass thing with the pot of greed? Uh, should they get, you know, uh, secret packs, or, or how should they go about uh, spending their, their gems on cards? Uh, what would you recommend? So, to be completely honest, 100% honest, I highly recommend that you buy, that you do not buy the uh, master packs. Buy, buy secret packs. Now, when you first start the game, you have no secret packs. If you already know what archetype you're going to search for, you can go into the deck builder and craft uh, a secret rare card. Uh, yeah, super, an SR, an SR. And it unlocks that pack for you. When you first unlock your pack for the first time, you get a free, you get to open one pack for free. So never open one pack individually outside of free packs. Open 10 at a time because you're at least guaranteed one UR. And if you don't get a UR, it's guaranteed in your next pull. Oh, okay. So, so basically, you're kind of, kind of wasting your gems if you ever don't buy them ten at a time. Yes, and also the reason you don't want to buy master packs over secret packs, master packs contain cards from everything. So remember, you know how big Yu-Gi-Oh's uh, pool is now at this <laughs> point of ten over ten years of gameplay. So you're going to reduce your chances of pulling cards you can use together because Yu-Gi-Oh! is very archetype-based, so you don't want to pull cards from this, cards from that. So your secret pack is basically a pack that's themed. So it'll be a theme pack usually based around an archetype. So if you know what archetypes you want to play, you know, 
go into your deck builder mode and generate enough uh, using 30 of your super rare points or SRs and generate one card from that archetype that's an SR and you, you unlock the pack. Which is good to know because I honestly did not know that. So that helps because the only – so I, I haven't been buying Master Packs because that did seem like a bad deal because, like you said, you can get anything. Not only can you get archetypes you don't care about, but you could also just get random vanilla cards that just no one would ever play in any deck. So and, – and for those listening, vanilla just refers to a monster or a creature in a game that has no effects. You know, just a very yeah. basic card that won't do anything for you essentially, especially – uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh's current stage, you know, where you're going to be playing cards with lots of effects. Yeah, and then the thing is, if the very first thing you should probably buy from the shop is go under special, and you should go under the bundle deal and buy the bundle with Ash Blossom. It gives you 10 packs of Master of... Uh, what's it called? Master Duel Packs, yeah, the Master Pack. So... From the master pack, you can get cards you can break down to make into other cards. Yeah, and it's worth so, getting because you get a su you're guaranteed to get the Ash Blossom card, which is a super good card and useful card to have, and it's like at a discounted price since it's a bundle deal. Yeah, I do also recommend the Lightning Storm and yeah, the Lightning Storm deal, and you can only get these deal once, so you can't cheese this to get your three ashes and be like, all right, I'm done. Nah. Yeah, for me, I went ahead and I picked up all three, like just at the beginning, I, and then I used the the things that they unlocked to then pick which archetypes to play. Yeah, I did the same thing. I bought all three, but since I knew, uh, I kind of ended up wasting some of my gems at first because I didn't know how to do the secret packs, and then I wasn't sure which archetype to choose because I didn't see Virtual World originally, and then when I unlocked one Virtual World card, I was like, you know what? I'm building my real-life deck in this game. And then that's how I ended up with Virtual World. For me, I haven't spent a dime yet, but I have a, my other competitive friends have not had the same luck. And then some are just getting greedy. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to them spending money, like, is it because they want to build multiple decks, or is it because it's just uh, it takes some money if they if you want to have like a full competitive deck, uh, like currently by playing it like a week into it. So I was able to build my my competitive variant deck in two days for free. So my cousin, he ended up getting unlucky, and he's building the same exact deck I have. And he's already spent $41 because he got the gem pack and then the, other, the, uh, the, two, the two gem packs that are giving out for as three times remaining on them, like the bo little bonus for now. Uh, he bought both of those to try and get more cards, and he still hasn't gotten his deck complete. My other friend spent $50, and he's doing it because he just wants to build every all his all his favorite decks. Like, okay. He already got two done. Okay, so it seems like spending money is mostly for people trying to build like multiple decks with like all the cards that they need for it. Yes. But the other issue I'm kind of worried about right now with dueling, uh, with uh, Master Duel is um, right now we're getting all these bonus gems because the game just released. So I'm kind of worried about people who start in five months from now. Are they still going to get those starter gems? Yeah, because for me, I mean, just from my like kind of outside casual experience, it seems like things have been pretty rewarding and I haven't felt like it's been too grindy to get new cards and 
or anything like that. Like I haven't even broken down a lot of my cards yet, so I have a ton of cards to still break down. And I basically have like everything for the Tri Brigade Dogmatica stuff, with the exception of probably some extra like link monsters that's not a part of those archetypes that fit in with the archetype. But as far as like those archetype cards themselves, like I feel like I've really pulled uh, I mean, maybe I just pulled really well, but I just feel like I have everything I need for those. I, From what I'm seeing is, um, from what I'm seeing a lot of people say is a lot of people have built competitive or high-end decks without spending a single dime. And it's like a very small percentage of people who are unlucky and not getting good pulls and all that stuff. Okay. So that sounds good so far, you know, for now. Hopefully it stays that way where it's just a small percentage of people getting unlucky because it would it would hurt a lot of people's play experience down the line. No, oh hey, I can't build the deck I want. Why why do I want to keep playing this? Cuz this is Konami's it's not their very first time attempting a uh online TC, you know, online card game that, you know, there's a lot of concerns people have hoping that this does well. Yeah, and so did you see the season pass, like with the pot of greed mate and stuff? It's, yes, I got it because it's worth it. Okay, and for those that know, you don't have to spend actual money on the season pass for this. They reward you with the gems early on, and I would recommend getting it because the gems you get, you actually get gems back as you uh, get your grade up. Right now, I'm grade 80 out of 100 which means I'm gotten all the rewards all the way up to 80 as we speak right now. Okay, so my does it does it slow down the higher your grade goes up for that? Slightly, I haven't noticed cuz every duel I win, I go up at least two grades. Every okay. duel I've lost, I've gone up half half a grade. Okay, so the season cuz one reason why I'm curious is cuz if you hit level 100 on the season pass, you unlock pot of greed as a mate to have which i think is really cool and i really want it and i'm currently i'm currently like like 25 out of 100 on it and i really want to hit it but you're you're under a like 60 day limit or something like that so you're kind of timed but it seems pretty generous with how much time it's giving you so i just want to see how if it would be possible for me to get this the thing is i know they're going to do a season two one of my friends is saving gems for the season two and i i think he might be I might end up spending money at that point because I actually want to support this and it looks like Konami is actually put it, putting in the effort to make it good. But a lot of casuals like you and a lot of my friends don't realize, well, my casual friends, should I say, uh, they don't realize that we're actually missing a couple of sets in the game. We're missing a couple of sets. We're also playing by a Japanese band list that's been modified that's an old Japanese band. So it's like it's a, the game's in a weird place. So we're we're really worried about what's going to happen in the next couple of months. Well, it's the Wild West of Yu-Gi-Oh! And you guys can definitely stay tuned and hear more of our opinions and uh, more of our tips as things come out when it comes to this. Because like you said, it's a weird point for Yu-Gi-Oh! It's kind of a, a weird new thing. I saw it's trending on Twitter when it came out. It seems like a lot of people are playing this. So it seems like a huge benefit to Yu-Gi-Oh! and Konami. So it's 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 kind of an exciting time to be a duelist and to be interested in Yu-Gi-Oh! because this is a really cool thing that they've done. And it's almost like a miracle that they're able to put this together because there's so many 
there's so much text and the interlocking me mechanisms and mechanics and words and effects, and they put a lot of cards in. So it's it's just kind of wild to see. I'm surprised how little issues there's been. Like, I know that they've been notifying players of the issues they are having, but you got to remember, they dropped this on multiple consoles at the same time, and it's coming out on mobile, if not already out, because it's already dropped in a couple of regions as I speak. Uh, and there's not that many of issue. I know that on the Nintendo Switch, every time you search for cards, it crashes. So that's yeah. an issue yeah, I've heard I've heard Switch has had a little bit of issues. Uh, I've been playing it on the PS5. I haven't had any issues other than I had like two battles uh, timeout. Um, That's a server issue. They fixed that in the recent maintenance, but hopefully it's better. Not still going on. Yeah, well, I had that happen last night, like early in the oh. morning. Yeah, so yeah, and that well, that was one of them. I had one before the maintenance patch, and I had one after. And okay, the one after, not. yeah, the one after sucked. I got them down to like 100 life points. I was about to win. And then it disconnected and it counted as a, as a defeat. I wish server disconnects did not count as a defeat, but it's probably also the way the game is coded because, you know, and it's very common for players to uh, quit when they're losing a, in any competitive game. But in Yu-Gi-Oh, quitting does not always mean they're salty it, because in Yu-Gi-Oh, we want to save time. It's common in the tournament where if I'm playing somebody and I know I lost, even if it doesn't matter what the life points are at, if I know I lost, we scoop. You know, we just, all right, pick up my cards. I'm done. Because you want to, you, you know, you want to give your opponent, you know, you want to let them save time. So a lot of people are doing that here also where, oh, look, I have game. All right. They scoop. All right. Yeah, so to recap sort of some of the tips that we gave to anyone that's new or newer to this, uh, you want to pick up the special bundles that has Ash Blossom especially. Lightning Vortex can also be a good pickup. And it seems like Solemn Judgment, you might not need as much, but like it could be good to just go ahead and get for your bundle deal. Um, and then you want to get the Season Pass possibly because you, know, you, can, unlock, you can basically get back all the gems you put into it um, as you keep playing the game. And then if you want to go for a specific archetype, you can craft a super rare, the SR cards, of a card from that archetype, and then it will unlock the secret pack of it, and then you can unlock uh, packs, basically, of that archetype to build the deck for. Yes, and a lot of people right now on YouTube and other places are talking about which decks are popular to make. Uh, I, I do recommend watching videos of archetypes to see how they play because a lot of decks have different play styles and you don't want to build a deck and then not like it that's a big issue and i'm like for example you said you build the tri brigade or dogmatica so how is your opinion of that so far uh like i said the biggest problem i have with the deck is that the turns can take a long time and it just makes me feel guilty for my opponent because i'm like i'm sorry this is taking me so long and it's not that i'm taking a long time thinking about it it's just like to go through each step just there's so many steps in it it can take a long time so i feel bad about it so i'm not entirely sure how i feel about it i mean it's kind of like my first deck i've ever played in Yu-Gi-Oh. that's kind of like at that level of combo and, and and has that much going on so i'm very new to it um i like i i ended up picking that archetype because of all the artwork and stuff i just thought it looked cool uh based off of like everything i saw and i was like okay well this is cool, and there's some fun stuff in it. Um, I think I like the Dogmatica cards more than the Tri Brigade cards, uh, just play-wise. Uh, they're a little bit more straightforward, but it seems like 
Dogmatica is meant to be played with something else because I don't think there's. It doesn't seem like there's enough to just play like an entirely Dogmatica deck. They're more of an engine, which yeah. means they support another archetype. Yeah, yeah. So that's the vibe I was getting. Is like you, you couldn't just have like a straight Dogmatica deck. So, but I, I do like the cards that go with that because um, they're they're pretty straightforward with the ones I was I was playing with. Um, like Ecclesia, I think is her name. Uh, whenever she comes into play, whether it's normal summon or special summon, you can pull another Dogmatica card from your deck and add it to your hand. And then she has like some other effects that are pretty cool. And then I don't know, I I, I like those. Um, the Trap Tricks deck is actually rated as being more technical, but to me it's way simpler to play. All you got to do is play down these trap holes, and then whenever your opponent plays something, the game will cue you in. It's like, hey, this trap hole could activate. Do you want to activate it? And you're like, sure. So, I don't know. I feel like the stats on the archetypes or the secret packs could be adjusted differently because they all say, like, power 4 out of the 5, basically, that I've seen. Yeah, it's not accurate because one of my friends, he hasn't played Yu-Gi-Oh! in years. He hasn't played since uh, uh, G the GX era, which should be about 2006, if I remember correctly. And the thing is, he saw a couple of bad archetypes, and it's like, oh, but their power scale is high. Oh, I want to try this. It's like, I do not recommend it. Yeah, and no, then, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, none of, it, none, none of those levels seem accurate. So for anyone listening, just know that, like, I wouldn't pay them any attention when it comes to the because it'll be it'll be uh they'll give a rating to power, technical and hold the line and it seems like none of those are basically relevant currently. Right now I don't have any secret packs unlocked, so I can't. I'll go unlock one more fast so I can see that. But going back to what you said about you feeling bad for long turns, there is actually an issue that competitive players are having about that. Not because the game is going too long, it's that uh. The animations are too slow. Like they need to make they need to make certain things speed up. But do not feel guilty about taking long turns because in Yu-Gi-Oh, a lot of players are already already prepared for that. If we're talking about competitive players, if we're talking casuals like friends, I, I still wouldn't feel bad for friends because in that in that case, you could just talk to them about, hey, the game. You know, my deck is just a combo deck. Yeah, I guess there's just a difference because, you know, you're playing online with someone that you're not speaking to, someone who you can't see or, or talk to or have that kind of conversation with. So here's just this random person. I'm still lower ranked, too. So these are people, these can be people that are just now getting into the game uh, again, or maybe they're playing their Blue Eyes White Dragon deck. And then they play Blue Eyes and they're like, cool, I get to defeat them with my Blue Eyes. I'm like, all right, my turn. I take like a 10 minute turn. And then I have like a whole field of monsters that can destroy his blue eyes. And they're like, oh my God, what's going on? And just like wipe them out. It's like, I feel a little bit bad. <laughs> the thing is, don't get me wrong, but a lot of play, I, I wish that in a, I wish rank duel, rank duel had an option for singles and matches. And uh, the free duel was a little bit easier for, uh, finding a, an opponent because a lot of them are just very, very bare bones. Like, it's, oh, look, there's a room with somebody called Crying Bear and it's a forbidden list of standard. Okay, what what does that mean? Who is this person? No. Yeah, I mean, when it comes... So there's a lot of archetypes in the game. Uh, if someone is new, I know that you recommended that they try to look up some archetypes that are interested in playing and seeing how they play out. Is there any certain direction that you could point someone to? Maybe if they're short on time and don't want to look up gameplay of all these different archetypes or maybe they they are interested in looking them up but instead of wanting to look up a hundred different know. archetypes yeah they just okay, want to yeah. 
Yeah. What, what's, we don't know which. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah what's, no, what's some archetypes that they might should think about that would be uh, both good to play, uh, can hold can hold a candle to competitive, but also might be a little bit on the easier side of playing. Okay, so it also depends on your play style, but the one off the top of my head is an archetype called Sky Striker. So they don't summon too many monsters, but they run a deck basically full of uh, of uh, spell cards, and they they focus on link monsters. Uh, so with the main with the main card is a uh, you know their main they have one all their monsters are pretty weak so so you're gonna your main focus is gonna be breaking your opponent's boards they're gonna be a, they're gonna be quick play spells which means you can play these either on your turn or your opponent's turn to interrupt them you stop their plays you stop what they're doing it's a more control based deck and don't expect to be summoning big big beefy monsters to try and ram through everything this is more of you trying to control the board while you still poking them with weaker monsters and using your spell cards to keep control and if they do destroy your link monsters basically the monsters are all uh one single one monster just piloting different mechs because it's that's the gimmick of the deck where she can tag out from which mech she is in and you can recycle your stuff so it's more of a technical control deck which sounds uh, which sounds kind of complicated but i'll take your word for it that it's easier to play than the other ones it's more straightforward like it's the thing is it, a lot of a lot of current decks are going to have combos and if you don't know your combos you will lose but it will take time you know it's not as hard that you think it's like once you start seeing these cards a couple of times then you'll start winning Especially in the lower ranks, where it's like you don't even your opponent may not know what they're doing. Yeah, and I uh, will say this too, as someone that's a casual player playing some of these competitive cards and stuff like that. Like when I was playing Tri Brigade, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was you know it, it will walk you through activating these different effects, and then as you activate them, um, you can start learning what the combo is supposed to be, even if no one's teaching you. So for example, uh, you know a lot of the cards can only be activated once during your turn, so you know, if you use one card to to basically combo with another card and you try to use the same card twice, you'll notice that that effect ends and it just won't go anywhere. And so you pick up on it. You're like, oh, I shouldn't use this character with this character again in the same turn because it's a once per turn effect. So then you start chaining it like, oh, I'll use this one with this one with this one. But then you realize that something else didn't go right. And then so you start like picking up on those things. And so now I've kind of learned the best way to combo the tri-brigade cards but i had to do it through trial and error because that's just the best way for me to learn so i was like oh okay well this didn't work out this time or this just immediately stopped you know what happened so then i had to kind of learn intuitively that way yeah i feel like a lot of decks are easier to learn once you start playing like yes you'll make mistakes but i feel like you shouldn't be scared of making mistakes and you have solo mode and if you have a buddy that started to play hey Ask them to hop on with you and just start playing. And even if, even if you're not playing the best, you can at least have fun. That's the main goal, at least. Yeah, that definitely seems like a good idea. I mean, especially if you and your friend are kind of well. Even if they are like more competitive than you, like even if like Ludwin and I played, like he'd be able to walk me through my combos or like help me out in terms of like what the correct play should be. 
or you know if it was a, a, a casual friend you you can both learn together so either way it could work out for you yeah because i've been doing that a lot with a lot of my friends because i've been trying to teach them how to beat my deck when uh you know when to play their cards properly because some people uh for example a lot of decks negate nowadays so you need to know when to negate what to negate and sometimes it's better to wait and sometimes it's better to use it and same thing with hand traps because right now every deck everyone is going to tell you you put in ash like even even at the start even earlier on i told you buy the pack with ash because you're going to be you're going to be running it so you want to learn when you want to use these cards. And then some some negates can only happen once. So you have to be careful of, okay, do I use this now or do I wait? Yeah, well, I think that's a good wrap-up to this uh, first episode of Master Duels and trying to help out people that's just now getting star- started in this wild west of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, if anyone listening has any questions or comments or anything that they'd like to learn in addition to Master Duels, or if they just enjoy us doing these bonus podcast episodes, let us know, and uh, we'll be sure to do more down the road. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow if you haven't yet, and uh, you guys take care and have a nice day. Yep, good luck, have fun, and uh, keep on testing out new stuff. Bye.